0: Julie Hampton and Julie E. Hampton CPAPC have been your trusted sources for local tax preparation, payroll, and business services for more than 20 years. Do you have a tax strategy heading into 2019? You should. Well, unless you like being in trouble. Do you like being in trouble, Jason? Uh, No, but I'm remarkably good at it, regardless of whether I have a tax strategy or not. Well, look, if you have a bad tax strategy or no tax strategy at all, there's one person in town that can help you. And that's Julia Hampton. Call her today. She's right in the heart of downtown. Call her at 816-554-0394.
1: Now you might say, boy, what a weird path to go from higher ed into the chamber world. It is incredible how common that's becoming. Um, For a long time, I was the only doctor who was a chamber president in the upper Midwest. There's now three. Um, and all have come from higher education. So it's a little more common of the path, I think especially since the expectations for colleges and universities to focus on things like workforce development and economic development, since that's becoming a higher priority for the universities, it's a little more natural of a bridgeway for people.
0: This is Dr. Blake Fry. Blake Fry, welcome to Community Voices and welcome to Lee Summit. Thank you. You officially got here in August, on August fifteenth. You started as president of the Lee Summit Chamber.
1: Yes, El Presidente. So yes. I thought
0: I'd give you a couple of weeks before I um, asked you all of the questions and every plan and every detail about the chamber. So I'm sure you've studied up.
1: I have done – you know, I was actually talking with Z. They were in the spotlight on Lee Summit last Friday, and they, they were giving me a hard time about, well, you must know everything already. And I said, well, I kind of do, because when you're chamber president, I don't care if it's day one or day 3,650, people expect you to know everything that's going on in the community. So I've done the biggest deep dive I can over the last five weeks.
0: <laughs> well, and chambers are – I mean, you this isn't your first rodeo no. with the chambers, so no. you kind of knew coming in. And it, you knew you knew about the community. So, what was that like to come into to a community like Lee Summit? And and I will say, having been around a lot of Midwest communities, the Lee mm-hmm. Summit Chamber is different. Uh,
1: I, more involved. I, I,
0: I think there's more involvement. Well, there, there is, than I've seen in a lot of other communities. So, yes. so knowing that, mm-hmm. what's your prep work like?
1: Uh, well, it, the good news is I came from a chamber and a community that was very similar to this chamber and very similar to Lee Summit. A fast-growing suburb on the eastern side of a metropolitan area that had retained its sense of community and had a historic downtown with lots of great restaurants and boutiques. So it's—I mean—it's about half the size of Lee Summit. So, and you might remind everyone where you're. Where I was—I was at Hudson, Wisconsin, which sits right on the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's actually in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area, about 15 miles to the east of downtown St. Paul so it was um again very similar in many many ways a very very active chamber so as you said it wasn't my first rodeo so the whole getting to know how does this chamber do things what is it all we're all involved in i didn't really need that so the prep work was really about relationship building and that's what so much of the chamber is it's you know about getting to know other people in the community uh all of the networking that goes along with it so that's what i've done a lot of i have met with nearly every one of my 25 members on board of directors that's a long lot of meetings um but just a lot of conversations and seeing in on pretty much every committee meeting we have at the, ch- the chamber so i can know the more nuanced operations that happen there so it's just been a lot of talking to people it has been a lot of the prep work so far
0: I'm I'm curious as too and I don't want to ask the easy question of what attracted you to to, to Lee Summit. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll do easy questions later. Okay, good. But <laughs> when I'm exhausted <laughs> after the hard ones, good. Well, right. And, yeah, and yeah. not and not that this is going to be hard, but I'm yeah. I'm more interested I think in as you look at a com- new community to come into and you yeah. said there were a lot of similarities yes. between Hudson and Lee Summit. What do you look at as when you start setting goals for yourself? Because you don't take a new job without, you know, you have goals, you have things you want to do. So when you look at a community like this, how do you, what do you come in looking ahead to?
1: Well, it's so funny. Steve Arbo is giving me a hard time about this. He keeps talking about, so, so during my interview for the job they asked you know what do you see as the flaws in lee summit where does lee summit need to improve and as an outsider lee summit doesn't seem to have many flaws and so my question was about infrastructure when you have a fast growing community like this what needs to be in place so i my, comment was well do you have enough wastewater treatment facilities and steve arbos giving me a hard time out there since the last community i came from that was starting to become an issue mayo clinic was coming in okay do we can we handle this So what I look for, short term, it's that membership value, value of the membership for our members. How many times do I say membership and members there? But um, (laughs) finding new ways to add value to a membership of the chamber. But really long term, it's what are those growing pains? I don't know if that's the right word. But when a community like Lee Summits grows to the point where it stops just being a suburb and starts being a real... Entity unto itself, a destination, what do you need to have in place in order to meet the needs that are going to arise? So, you know, one of the long term things public transportation, something we don't have much of in Lee Summit. Eventually, we're going to have employers saying, I need my workers to be able to get to work. Those long term needs of the community, that's kind of my to do list, is to be on top of that, to stay on top of those issues, and be able to. Ad- stress those issues in a way that makes this the best place possible to do business.
0: At what point, I guess, it, when you're looking at at, at this community, you just yeah. when it when it reaches that that kind of tipping point between just a suburb and its own entity. Yeah, what's that tipping point look like? And, and that's curious because I think those of us that have been here for a while. Yeah. We talk about Lee Summit being a destination, and we talk about these things, and, and it's interesting to hear maybe an outsider come in and say, well, we're not quite there yet, but we're going to be, and we're going to be there soon. Well, and I think it, it is starting to reach that tipping point.
1: It's so interesting. I have lots of family that live in Overland Park, and my wife has lots of family that lives I'll in i not to hold Kansas yeah. against Well, you. you can hold it against. I'm not. There's a reason I'm not over there. <laughs> um, I, I like something other than the color beige. Um, and so th- they. I will say that my wife's family in Independence does view Lee Summit as the destination. In fact, they're a little jealous of what um, has happened here and maybe has not happened up on the square in Independence. Where I'm thinking of a destination is not so much a, hey, this is a great place to visit. It's almost when it becomes its own economic ecosystem, when it be when you start to have less and less people drive into Kansas City for work each day because there are outstanding employment opportunities here in Lee Summit. That's what I'm talking about more than just necessarily a tourist destination. And it's what you do is you start to look at, okay, what percentage of our people are leaving the town every day to go to work and how many are coming in, how many people are staying. You start to look at those numbers, and that's where really the tipping point for me is when this starts to become a net importer of workers every day in a place where people stay and don't just have a bedroom community and maybe go out to dinner at night.
0: Well, I think that leads then right into your role with the chamber and and, and overall – what what is the chamber's role in that in, in in attracting businesses to stay here right and and to become that economic destination i think there's two parts to this um,
1: there's probably many parts but two that come to mind one has to do with the public advocacy the the policies that it's it's making sure that the this is a really healthy business climate, and that can take all sorts of things. Sometimes that means lower taxes. Sometimes it means investment in the schools. Um, it can be dependent on the issue. So our role is to advocate for a place where people look and go, you know, I can be successful in business there. The second is to help support our existing members um, and help them grow so that when a new business is considering coming into the community, they know they're going to have partners, they're going to do business with them and that they can do business with. And we create those opportunities for people to meet each other um, and really do business with each other and get to know each other better. So that's that's our role. You know, Chambers used to have a monopoly on networking. It used to be that if you want to meet another business, you want to do B2B marketing, you're a former marketing guy, you're like, oh I God, B2B. Is a B2B marketing? We'll, we'll do a webinar later and charge okay. people to listen. Oh we awesome. that's good. Um, that, people paid to not listen to that one. Um, <laughs> That if you wanted to do B2B marketing with somebody business to business, you could either cold call them out of the Yellow Pages or you went to the chamber and uh, you you went to their events and you got to know people that way. Well, the chambers don't have that monopoly anymore. I can get on LinkedIn. I can learn everything I want to know about Link to Lee Summit before I even meet you. Um, So we have to find new ways. of. If I was better at LinkedIn. If you were better at LinkedIn. (laughs) No. Some people are really into it or – don't touch it at all. I'm kind of at the don't touch it at all. I know I should be touching it more myself. Uh, and so we need to create those new opportunities, those new venues where people can make those connections. And so we're going to continue to look to grow, to find ways where people can con- get value out of what we do even if they can't come to an event. We, we, we want to get away from the health club membership mentality of Chambers of Commerce where truly if the health club, if you don't ever go, it is completely worthless for you. We as chambers are working hard to make sure that there's value, even if you're a busy entrepreneur who can't make every single event we put on. And so we'll be looking to add some of that as we move along as well.
0: Well, it's interesting you you say that. We're sitting in the new podcast studio that I I utilize at Bridge Space and downtown Lee Summit. So there's going to be a lot of me. Yes. A lot of startup businesses, a lot of people trying to be entrepreneurs. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm learning. Yes. So I'm also a new within the last few months a new member of the Lee Summit Chamber. So for people like me, yes, and hopefully people that are better at it than I am, <laughs> what's your recruitment pitch? I mean, mine was I was just bludgeoned over the head many many times and I finally <laughs> relented and said fine, take my money. Yeah. But so what is your what is your pitch? I mean, what what value are you now telling people because you're right it's not just the the networking anymore there there has to be more to it than that so so what are you telling people like me as a reason to come into the chamber
1: well and i will get to that in a second but it's interesting what we have is a dynamic here we just recently had a meeting where the the four um civic organizations velocity the chamber edc and downtown main street group got in a room and really talked about what is it we all do um and are we duplicating efforts what's our role what's everybody doing And it's great to have this space. It's great to have Velocity um, because when you're talking about those brand new startups, I oftentimes don't even tell people, don't maybe join the chamber right away. Get your feet under yourself for a couple months. Maybe it's a year. Work with a group like Velocity on learning how to run your business, Um, learning some of those startup techniques and how you get financing and so on then come to the chamber. And what we're going to do is we're not only going to give you networking, but we're going to provide you educational programming on that next level. Okay, you're a little more established. What are some other things you need to be doing to grow your business? It's providing through, whether it's our website, through its social media marketing opportunities. A really good chamber website will have SEO, search engine optimization, that's so good that when you search for a business, their page on the chamber site should come up before the business itself. And that's... What we want to do, we want to help people get the word out about their businesses. It's also you're supporting uh, an organization that puts on, um, excuse me, puts on major community events that increase the quality of life uh, and make it a place where people want to live and work and then do business with you. And finally, again, we're going to be pushing for those policies that help support the growth of your business. Um, we're not going to, we're going to, if there's some sort of business regulation that's stopping you from being able to grow the way you want to we have the connections we know the people to talk to to get the the red tape taken care of
0: what policies are you guys looking at right now and i guess let's 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 actually maybe start locally are there are there things that you guys are looking at and advocating for now to help Attract or keep businesses here in town.
1: I think the big one that the, it is on a lot of people's radars right now locally is the whole green space uh, area that would be to the was that the west of City Hall, uh, the f- new location for the perform- farmer's market, an amphitheater, some things to really again make downtown even more vibrant than it is already. The good news is on the local level, we have uh, a city government that for the most part has been very supportive of the things that help business grow. They've done a very good job of making sure the infrastructure is kept up with the growth in the community. So on the local level, there hasn't been quite as much to have to take on. Now, I will say that was not the case where I was before. Um, The city of Hudson itself was great. The metropolitan area of Minneapolis and St. Paul, not so much. They were very much into this, uh, starting to mandate mandatory minimum wages. Um, My all-time favorite is that the St. Paul and Minneapolis city councils passed mandatory sick and safe leave policies. So what these policies said is if you have an employee who works 60 hours a week or more in our city limits, here are the benefits you have to give them. Even if you, so, okay, now, if you do business in those cities, not if your business is in those cities, if you have an employee who does business in those cities. So anybody in the metro area suddenly had to monitor how many hours their employees were in St. Paul or Minneapolis, and then they might have to give benefits to an employee, one of their employees, that they don't give to any of their other employees. Those are the types of local issues they're springing up more commonly on a national level right now that nobody in Lee Summit's talking about that type of thing right now, so we're okay. Um, as long as that's not the path we start heading down, I, I just foresee us being a partner really with the city government and helping push through those things right now that are, we're really focusing on comp- improving the community.
0: Well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a couple of things. One, I, I have to correct you. and It's the only time I'm ever gonna get to yeah. do this. It's the east side of City Hall. Oh, it is the east side. Just, Why did I say west side? The that's that's all we're gonna talk about though, because there's the, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's really nothing else that we can say yet. Um, nothing <laughs> nothing's happening right no, now. I know it yet. is on everyone's mind, and, yes. and hopefully someday we'll get to uh, someday soon we'll get to give them some information. Yes. Um, but I'm curious, based on what you just just said, and, and and we'll do a little bit here, and then I want to get into a little about who you are yeah. on, a, on a personal level to introduce you to to the people of Lee Summit. But in a metro area like this, let's go back to this is this is a this is a suburb. What's that interplay? How much, how much interplay are are you? Is the chamber as as a body having with organizations and municipalities? In Kansas City, in Blue Springs, in Independence, even across that dreaded state line that I don't like to talk about, <laughs> I don't do Kansas. <laughs> I hope none of my family in Novell Park
1: listens to this <laughs> podcast.
0: That's very doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I mean, what kind of what kind of interplay? How often and how important is it? To be working in conjunction with these neighboring communities, I,
1: I say we do quite a bit with what I would call the eastern Jackson County communities. Uh, so when it comes to our, whether it's our legislative day or when it comes to issues like the ten cent fuel tax, we work very closely together. In fact, we just put on a forum together out at Long MCC Longview on the ten cent fuel tax issue. So there's a great deal of cooperation. Now, what happens when you have a one large city like a Kansas City? We're, we're working with them more and more in fact we've just had some good conversations with them about collaborating on some of these government affairs issues uh, we had just um, talked briefly about possibly doing an event together regarding the tariffs uh, that are being imposed right now so there's more with kansas city but they tend to be kind of be a self-contained entity in many ways so the collaboration there isn't maybe as much as it is with some of the other communities in jackson county the kansas side not much of any that i've experienced yet uh i think back to years ago the whole issue of uh, transforming union station into what it is now there was a lot of by state collaboration on that Uh, i don't know if there's any issues pending out there right now that are similar in nature but it would take something like that i think before we really start um or it would take say kansas city missouri saying if you have an employee you work 60 hours a week or more in our community uh then i think you would suddenly see all the other communities in the metro area uniting to uh push back against something like that
0: and probably the next time stadium leases come up yeah Well, let's talk a little bit about you. You 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 entered here wearing a Royals shirt. Yeah. You have family here. Yes. In the area, so I'm assuming we didn't have to convert you to Royals fandom. No,
1: it's so funny. So I um, I moved a lot, and I mean a lot. When I was a kid, I moved in my to my tenth city in my sixth different state before I was ten. So one of the things my parents had always infused me was we're going to root for whoever the local team is Um, so I calculated it and I have spent 15 years of my life no 20 years of my life as a Royals fan 15 as a Twins fan 5 as an Orioles fan and then a whole bunch of other things kind of mixed in there so um, yeah no our expression even in the 13 years we lived up in Minneapolis St. Paul area was we root for the Royals unless they're playing the Twins and then we just hate it Uh,
0: so (laughs) Well, you earn my support as long as, as long as you don't include the Cardinals in there.
1: Oh gosh, no, no, yeah. I. D- yeah, it was so funny living up there and somebody would say, hey, we hired this great employee from St. Louis. And I'm like, boy, you really beat the odds on that one. And nobody quite understood why I was being so mean to St. Louis. Like, it's a Missouri thing. It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't like
0: that side of the yeah, state. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious about getting to the position that you're in. There yeah. aren't many of us that we go to college, and I want to grow up to be a chamber president. Yeah. What's the What's the route? What's the path of getting involved in that kind of an organization? I mean, and there's lots of You just met – Mentioned some, you know, there yeah. we we've there's EDC, there's there's Main Street organizations, there's lots of different organizations that that work on in partnership and behalf of the public entities. Mm-hmm. So what 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 was your path? How did you kind of stumble into that? It's a weird path. (laughs) Um,
1: So I actually worked 20 years in higher education. Um, I am Dr. Fry, and I don't use that a lot because of my degrees in higher ed administration, which is so helpful in the chamber presidency. Um, So, yeah, 20 years in higher education. But I spent the last chunk of that 20 years working on economic development initiatives for the university, doing marketing media relations, government relations, doing all the external work and actually even started the first satellite campus in the University of Wisconsin system in Hudson. So it was the University of Wisconsin-River Falls where the Chiefs used to have their training camp. Um, And about eight miles up the road is Hudson. And so I knew darn near everybody in Hudson had been doing a lot of economic development work. So when the Chamber presidency opened up, it was kind of just a natural fit. Now you might say, boy, what a weird path to go from higher ed into the Chamber world. It is incredible how common that's becoming. Um, for a long time, I was the only doctor who was a chamber president in the upper Midwest. There's now three, um, and all have come from higher education. So it's a little more common in the path, I think especially since the expectations for colleges and universities to focus on things like workforce development and economic development. Since that's becoming a higher priority for the universities, it's a little more natural of a bridgeway for people. So, but yeah, I um, had been very, very active with the chamber up in Hudson while I was at the university. So knew darn near everything they did. So just again was a, a I was I was ready for a transition. Twenty <laughs> years in educational administration, it's it's a little bit of a political crucible right now, uh, and I was I was ready for a change.
0: It, was there much of a learning curve from the? I'm I'm, I'm sure more research oriented with economic development that you're doing with for a university to now you're doing a lot more advocacy, a lot more lobby type work.
1: No, no, no. I wasn't doing any research oh, at all. Really? I was not a faculty member. Um, I was, my title, I had a couple of titles. Like One was special assistant to the chancellor and the other one was executive director of external relations or something. I can't remember what it was now. No, I was working on things like starting up a small business incubator, um, finding, um, internships for students with local companies over the summer that led to careers. I was focusing on that type of work. I really, we had a center for economic research and the, there were economists over there doing their thing. Uh, but no, I was very much doing what you would think an EDC or a chamber does, was just doing it on behalf of a
0: university. Well, take that experience then, and let's let's throw it on top of the mold here yeah. at, at Lee's Summit. And and I think, again, based on where we're sitting right now in the, in the chairs, incubators things for for entrepreneurs our community is making a huge push right now to try to be more inviting and a better place to bring in entrepreneurs yeah what what do you see your role i guess as how can the chamber be a better partner as we as the community as a whole makes this a point of emphasis
1: i i think it's we be very intentional about how we help businesses through their life cycle so somebody's been in this space for a while. Um, they've been in the, the this building, been here for 18 months, and they're ready to make that transition. You know, we don't have a small business development center here in Lee Summit like a lot of communities will have. So some of that role is being filled by Velocity, by the Chamber of Commerce. It is that educational component. Um, a lot of people start a business because they have a great idea. It doesn't mean they know anything about putting together a business plan or how insurance works or any of that. So we play very much play a role in creating programming that allows people to educate themselves on not only how to be a creative and energetic person, but how to be a good boss, um, how to be a good manager of, of budgets we play, we need to and when we're we're seeing around and we're talking about what programming do we offer, that's very much at top of mind for
0: chambers. Well let's flip that then a little bit because I think another another point of emphasis or or maybe people there are people hoping it'll become a point of emphasis yes. is is retaining and keeping some of the bigger businesses that have been around for a while. And I know in, in Lee Summit one of those especially is some industrial there's not a lot of industrial mm-hmm. space in Lee Summit. We They're just not. in the last year have lost one to it to a neighboring community so what how do you flip that and say we want to we want to be a tool too to keep those established businesses that need either more space or more resources to keep them here in town
1: well i think that's does that fall on the chamber i think it's more of an edc function that's that's the edc is out there not only trying to attract um large businesses but retaining them as well so the edc is working on so if you're going to try to keep somebody around you you might want to create a package of incentives or tax right right and and,
0: and i think we all we all understand that role as far and i probably worded that wrong by by talking about space okay but but the chamber does have a role, right, in in, in working with the established businesses as well as as well as creating resources oh, for. Oh well, certainly. So so yeah. so I guess I guess really more more of what what role do you take in making sure people yeah. stay here? Yeah.
1: Again, it comes down to making sure we're connecting them with the people that they want to do business with. Um, they may not know who that is necessarily. It can also certainly be, um, again, as I said, creating a really good business climate. Um, that's, that's so key is, is am I going to find a better customer, customer base? Am I going to get a better uh, relationship with the city government if I move over to that our community? And if the answer is yes, then it's our job as the chamber. If we start hearing that repeatedly, I, I will give you an example. And so I just because I was chamber president there longer, I have better story for Hudson sometimes. Our downtown business district was as busy or busier than Lee Summit. And it was wedged in between the first national scenic waterway and a 200-foot bluff parking was a nightmare so we heard from our members that i'm hearing from my customers that i'm losing business because they don't want to try to find a place to park to come eat at my restaurant to shop at my store to come to my dental clinic help well what we did is we went to the city and said yeah you've done these little studies before it's time to get serious about this let's bring in a third party to develop a real plan to solve parking So what we did is we split the cost of a study uh, and a plan with the city so we as a chamber because we have the resources we're able to step in and make that happen whereas an individual business there's no way they could have afforded half of that plan Um, something very similar the chamber what we need to do is we need to keep an eye out when there is something we're hearing consistently from our members that needs to be addressed whether that's parking or any other issue that's where we step in and we address it um, in a proactive manner and in doing so help somebody want to stay in this community
0: well I appreciate you coming on we're going to wrap up now but first I have to ask you some hard questions sure okay okay who's your favorite mem- member so far
1: oh who's my favorite chamber member um boy <laughs> link to Lee <laughs> summit comes to mind just right now but maybe it's maybe it's the immediate permanence maybe, thing. maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer yeah
0: that's a good yeah. answer yeah. yeah on a Friday night tacos or pizza oh it
1: depends. If I'm making the tacos, tacos. If it's, um, nah, I'm not making dinner, it's pizza. I, I have become quite the taco wizard, so.
0: Well, in that case, I'm gonna follow this up with, apparently there's a taco party at the Fry household soon.
1: Yeah, bring it on. Now, we're, we're renting a townhouse at the moment because we have not yet sold our home up north, so it can't be a very large party, but um, you know, you're more
0: than welcome to come on over. Well Blake, Dr. Fry. Yes. Thank you so much. All right, welcome well thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. We always talk to people about shopping local. The importance of shopping local. Here's One great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Bunch of Blinds. This local company is always making themselves available to help the greater community. Hey, not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So, when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice through the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Budget blinds of Lee Summit 239 Southeast Main Street.